0: The following is a production of the PTB Soccer Podcast Network, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network. The views expressed on the show are those of the host and solely of the host. For more information, follow the PTB Soccer Network on Instagram at PTBSoccer. That's on Instagram at PTBSoccer. Enjoy the show. Everybody hurts sometimes, everybody hurts someday, hey, hey. What's up, basic Nation? Welcome to my pity party. It's about 1 a.m. Sunday, August the 2nd. It's been I don't know how many hours since we lost. I am absolutely crushed. Uh, I've been listening to sad music all day, okay? Uh, I drove around listening to Michael Bolton today. I don't know what to do, okay? This one hurts. This one hurts. Fortunately for you guys, I already recorded the majority of the episode, okay? I already recorded it earlier today, Um, closer to the end of the match. I recorded it Um. Well, I recorded it while the mic was still hot. Just put it that way. I recorded uh while I was still steaming and fuming and um yeah, it, it's not the best analysis, but it's a lot of raw emotion coming from me. Uh the episode's also going to be available on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. Um happy Sunday everybody. Uh what a what an absolute disgrace of a performance yesterday. I'm not over this. I'm not over it. I don't know how long. This this one stings. This one stings. It's one thing to—it's eh, not one thing. It's embarrassing that we blew a seven-point lead and that we find ourselves constantly, you know, embarrassing ourselves on the pitch and playing poor. And it's another thing that we end up five points behind the team we had a seven-point lead on. So that's, what, a 13-point swing? It would have been more if Porto hadn't already clinched the title and it's i'm running out of words man i come on this microphone every week okay you want to hear some some numbers okay you want to hear some numbers one year from the day after tomorrow is one year from the super cup win if you want to count the preseason you want to count this is episode 74 this Podcast season began on episode 20. 54 episodes I have come on this microphone this season. In that time, 32 wins, 11 draws, and 10 defeats. 53 matches. Not a good showing from Benfica, obviously, this season. One of the most disastrous seasons ever with, an, with a humiliating finish to play for almost an hour against 10 and to lose to that team. Did you hear their fans, their fans, they got me fooled. Did you hear their, their subs, their, their, you know, unrostered subs being fans for them today? Where is that spirit in our team? Man, this is, this one hurts. This one hurts. Especially because it was against 10. And we had absolutely no fight. We went in there like lambs to fight with lions. I know they're dragons, but you know what I mean. You get the analogy. I really, I'm out of words. Fortunately, when I recorded when I recorded my review of the match uh, hours ago, I, w- I had more words. But it's absolutely uh, disgraceful. Okay, I'm not going to name names because right now, if Charles Hugues wants to start on Monday and wants to cut every single one of these players, they, he has a right to. There was nobody, and I mean nobody, that went onto this pitch today and t- said to the new Mister that he needs to count on them, that he they need to that he needs to make them part of his plans. There's nobody that that did that today, and. That's really, really disappointing in an opportunity like this. But again, these pampered babies can't play in an empty stadium, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of their horrible effort. I mean, all of us, we follow this team through thick and thin, and it's thin right now. They give us little, I mean little, to be proud of. They gave us a lot of shame. That's what this team gave us this season. And it got worse as the season went on. These guys quit on a manager. They completely quit on a final. They went in there with no intention of winning. It didn't matter to them. I'm sorry if you need 60,000 fans to to encourage you to play a game for a living while the rest of us work like work like farm animals. While the rest of us... You know what? I... I You know, I got to get up tomorrow and I got to get on with my life, okay? Those fools are probably having the time of their lives right now. I don't think they're bothered in the slightest with what happened today. Meanwhile, us fans, we we sit back and and we deal with it, right? Okay, we're going to have the news in the next segment, all right? That's it for the pleasantries. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Augustine. You can find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And you can find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. And if you want to watch the rest of this episode from this point forward on YouTube, you can do so by going to the Mr. Benfica YouTube page or just check it out at Mr. Benfica.com. I will have it up there very soon. We'll be right back here on episode 74 of Mr. Benfica. Welcome back to Mr. Benfica, episode 74. And we got just a little bit of news this week. And this coming Monday, August the 4th, will be JJ's first day on the job. Or at the very least, he will be unveiled on Monday. He's to report to Seychelles at 5 p.m. or 17 hours um, in the afternoon. And he will be introduced, I'm sure, with the news conference um, as the new manager of Sport Lisboa Benfica. He brings his entire staff with him from Flamengo minus the team doctor, as I had reported in past weeks here on this this podcast. 16-year-old Italian youth international Cher Nador has joined Benfica from Atalanta. And he will enter the youth system with hopes of progressing to the first team there's lots of rumors but no concrete signings to report this week uh in regards to the men's football team of course u19 youth league news leo combo uh, morato rafael brito tiago paulo bernardo and tiago Dante have all returned to the u19s and they will factor Uh, Well, I should say they will feature in the UEFA Youth League as they return to their team and prepare for the Elite Eight coming up at the end of August. This week, the FPF also confirmed that Benfica will be sending squads and will be the representatives for Portugal in UEFA Champions League action in both men's futsal and women's football this year. This is historic. Benfica's women's football team will enter the UEFA Champions League in only its third year of existence. This is basically what the goal was from the beginning with this program and um, unfortunately so many talented players have left and the squad is a lot weaker than what we had a year ago but we did enough to be in first place on head to head when the season was cancelled and the FPF decided that was enough to declare Benfica um the team that would be going to the Champions League. Same in, in men's futsal. Next year's edition of the League Cup will feature only eight teams. This was announced this week by the league, by the Liga Portugal. Six of the eight will come from the first division, with two coming from the second, and the the eight participants will be decided based on the table at the end of November. So the top six in the first division will be joined by the top two in the second division. They'll have a quarterfinal which will be played on the 15th, 16th, or 17th of December with the final four taking place 18th through the 23rd of January. Once again, Liga Portugal with a high money grab. This is nothing more than a money grab ensuring that you get a essentially the top four in the final four and and their fans descend on braga once again assuming of course we'll even be able to have fans in the stadium in january TVE and seek this week announced that they are canceling their supporters debate shows those are the the shows like three of the attack uh, i'm not sure what the future of that show is but it's become pretty much garbage as well and, and um well, it looks like Miguel Guedes, the famous Porto fan who's been fired and hired by all the shows. We'll have to get back to his, his living as a mediocre rock and roll singer. Uh, coaching carousel in the league this week. Carlos Carvalhal, officially the manager at Braga, turns down Flo- uh, Flamengo and takes over at Braga. He's got a strong team coming in. Uh, Yuri Medeiros has already joined Mehdi Taremi is joining from Riuav, and it sounds like he's going to be signing our former number 10, Nico Gaitan, for two seasons. Unbelievable. Uh, watch out for Sporting Braga next year. Tiago Menz, our former midfielder that we knew simply as Thiago, he has uh, replaced Ivo Vieira at Vitória Guimarães, and he did not take. The Rioav job, which he was expected to take, he's going to end up taking over at Vitória Guimarães. Vasco Siabra, a manager I, I like quite a bit, uh, is taking over at Boa Vista. He replaces Daniel Hamush and that's because Daniel Hamush is replacing João Henrique at Santa Clara. All right, that's the news this week. There's nothing else to talk about. This was, you know, if you're still listening at this point, um, well, you got what, you, what you're what you listening for in the next segment. We're going to break down or at least complain about the disaster that was the Portuguese Cup final in the next one. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho, and you can follow me at all the social media spots that I plug week after week. All right, I'll see you on the other side, and uh, we will have a breakdown, and we'll talk about the match. This is Mr. Benfica.
1: Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos um eterno abrigo
2: Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve Que querer de todos nós ah, Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz de querer de todos
1: nós de querer de todos nós Manto ah, sagrado é peso pesado Não o carregas sozinho Em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga E é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso, por direito que eu não fico Por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força, sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora, nós somos o um eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos
2: contigo Nós somos o um eterno abrigo Desenvolva nossos altos O querer de todos nós A ver que não se explica Carrega bem fica Ouvam a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica
0: And welcome to Mr. Benfica episode 74. Special welcome to everybody watching on YouTube right now as you join us for this episode. Alright, let's get to the teams. Let's get through this match. Um, this is, of course, the Portuguese Cup final. I should. This should have been a happy occasion, but it was not. So... Let's get to it right now, and uh, I've got the starting 22 players in front of me. We're going to start with the 11 for Porto today, the already already crowned, obviously, the crowned champions, going for the double, managed, of course, by Sergio Conceição, and he sticks with his backup keeper, who has been the goalkeeper throughout the entire Portuguese Cup. Uh, Diogo Costa, he's in goal, four across the back, Manafa on the right. Mbemba is back in the lineup. I talked about him in the last episode, how he had recovered from injury. And his name is certainly going to come up again today. He's partners with the captain, Pep, at center back. Alex Telsh is the, left, uh, the left-sided wing back. He's got a double pivot in midfield, as is a custom, with Danilo and Mateus Oribe sharing the responsibilities there of cleaning up in front of the back four. In front of in front of them, we've got three. We've got Otavio in the center with Luis Diaz on the left and Tecatito Corona on the right. And Moasa Marega is the lone striker. So Sergio Conceição shows a slightly different um, variation, but this is very similar to the port we saw in the other two matches against us. And apparently he caught Nelson Verismo by surprise or something, who knows? Um, again, we talked about, so many times about what Porto brings when they play us. And for some reason, we just, our team cannot, cannot take the pitch against this, no matter, no matter what players. I'm starting to think you could put anybody in Porto uniforms and our Benfica players will run scared of them. They'll, they'll stray away from challenges. They'll stray away from 50, 50 balls. They'll basically back off and let Porto win. Let's go to the 11 for Benfica. Ori Vlacodimo is in goal. Andre Almeida, Ruben Diaz, Jardel, and Nun Tavares is back in the 11. He returns from injury and goes right back into the 11. I said in the preview how much I was worried about this left side. This did not change the fact that I was worried about this left side. And, well, although um, it wasn't to the run of play that this left side cost us, uh, when it was 11 versus 11, there was some... There were some moments there where Porto were definitely trying to exploit this side of Benfica's lineup, obviously, the weaker side. In front of Tavares, we have four in midfield. Benfica changes absolutely nothing. Okay, They they showed what they were going to show in this match for the past five weeks. Absolutely zero imagination from Nelson Verissimo. I'm going to be really critical of him in this episode because Nelson Verissimo had a chance today to do something. He had no pressure. He could have risked. He could have been inventive. He could have been creative. I knew they needed a stronger midfield than this. You needed Florentino and Weigel in midfield together. He didn't opt for that. So in the four in midfield, we get on the right. PZ. we got Weigel and Gabriel, who has been absolutely horrendous. Gabriel has been horrendous since returning to the team outside of that one match against Gibranich. And Franco Cerfi playing basically... (laughs) what I like to call a defensive left mid because he's there for his defensive qualities, but he did a good job. Chervi was one of the better players, although he, like everybody else, poor passes, miscues, uh, giveaways. But Chervi assisted in defending that left side, and in that respect did fine. And then up front, I don't know what to say anymore. Shikinu and Seferovic. Seferovic. Oh, wow. He scored a goal against Sporting. You really think Seferovic was going to be a threat to Porto, to this back line, to those of you that see me on YouTube, see me shaking my head. This is not going to be fun to talk about this game. And Chiquinho's a... oh. He's not a he's not a a first 11 choice for Benfica. When Benfica needs to start with Chiquinho, that in itself shows that this team was not built correctly. And this is not a knock on Chiquinho. He does a lot of things well, but he can't play in the in the front in a cup final. He lacks everything in front of goal. Okay? Even if he does everything else right when he gets in front of goal, he lacks any kind of finishing ability. Decent enough passer, but really we saw nothing from him today. So those are the twenty-two players that would start the match. I've got the minute by minute here, courtesy of Ebola. And well, I don't really want to go through it too much, but yeah, as you know, this this is okay. The ball kicks off, as you know, it obviously minute zero, and two minutes in, and Otavio's got a shot already, and Porto's got their first corner in the fifth minute. Benfica sitting back, but in the ninth minute, the first uh the first key. What should have been a really key instance in the match happens as Luis Diaz fouls Chiquinho. Luis Diaz goes in referee Artur Suarez-Diaz's book. Keep that in mind. Ninth minute. Benfica, of course, does nothing with the free kick. They do nothing with all free kicks. What on earth were Benfica doing at Praia del Rey this week? Praia del Rey, the resort where they were training all week in the, in the Conseil d'Abidus, Neil's going to point out it's involved Val faith. He's right. That's the name of the, of the terra. It's in the Conseil d'Abidus, which means it's in the Abidus municipality. Although that whole resort is split down the middle by Abidus and Panish. That's very close to, very close to home for me. So I, I am familiar with the name of those towns. Shout out to anyone listening there. No one has so far. I'm going to say I have zero listens in that region of Portugal. So, but if anyone's listening in, in, in Val de Benfeito, in, in uh, Serra del Rey, in Vau, or as you guys say, a Pau, in Sobral, in Óbidos, you know, in, in Trás do Oteiro, in Olho Marino, in Caldas da Rainha, Foz do Orelho, all of those places, another doiro shout out to anybody listening in any of those little towns. I doubt you are. Because to this day, after a year plus, yet to get any listens there. But that's where Benfica was this week. And I'm assuming they were on vacation because they did not um, look like they trained this week. This team did not look like they trained this week. Ruben Dias said to the press yesterday that Porto was well estudado. They were studied. Well, what did they study? What do we know? We know Porto are dangerous on on, on direct kicks, on, on set pieces. Porto are dangerous on set pieces. Everybody and their mother knows that. What do Porto do? They scored two goals on set pieces. I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, that is, you know. What did they study? What did this team study this week? They sat by the beach and took in some sun, maybe? That's about all I can imagine. Did some light work on the pitch, maybe? They didn't train any of their own set pieces, that's for sure. We move forward and we get to minute twenty-two, where Chervi gets an uh, an attempt, but he misses wide. Befica will go over an hour without a shot on goal in this match. How you expect to win a cup final? Up a man. Okay, let's get to that part. Let's fast forward. We're at minute thirty-eight, and Luis Diaz goes in, studs up, catches. Andre made it on the leg, right above the shin guard. Hurts like you can, like you, you better believe it hurts. Like nothing you felt before. That hurts like crazy. Okay, um, there, uh, excuse me. Luis Diaz sees his second yellow. For me, that's a straight red. I thought when I saw Duard Gomes, I'm sorry, uh, Suarez Diaz. Going towards the sideline, I thought he was going to check the VAR to see if it was a direct red versus two yellows. What's the difference? Well, it would carry on into next season. A direct red would come with the three match, uh, a three-match, a three-match ban, and I thought maybe that's what he was going over to do. No, he was going over to book Sergio Costinso, the manager, for complaining. What said she was complaining about? Beats me. There is no pitch in the world, in no league, is that a clean play? Is that not a yellow card? That's red. If Suarez had gone to the monitor and watched the tackle. He would have – that would have been – you would have seen him come out. He would have put the card out, done the – that in motion, you know, where he, where, he disso, where he removes the yellow card, would have reached into the back pocket. Red is what would have happened if he had reviewed that play. So, Portistas, you have no complaints there. But why – what are you going to complain about? Everything went your way after this point. Um, there was only one team on the pitch, guys. Let's be honest. One team was there to fight and to battle and to come away to win. The other team was there to participate. The other team was there to get this out of the way so they can begin their little holiday of nine days. These players, these players really disgraced themselves today. They really disgraced the emblem of Benfica. In fact, this was a spit in the face to each and every one of us around the world. That stops what we're doing to watch this match, to watch every other match. This has been a season full of disrespect from the players and even the coaches towards everyone that supports this team. The effort has been piss poor. The production has been even worse. And I don't want any tweets coming out later with official statements from players saying how they have always defended this club and they have always played with honor. No, you did not play with honor. You played like cowards today, first of all. You played like children this season, especially from from Christmas on. You, You absolutely just disgraced the badge on your shirt more so than the kit maker more so than adidas or the sad for putting that that emblem on there the way that was yes that was wrong the club has statutes this is a conversation for another episode but the club has statutes that should be followed they're not followed obviously because the emblem is not gold and what are you wearing gold why are you trimming your jersey in gold I'd understand if we just won a Tetra, if we just won the Champions League. Yes, that would make sense. Gold numbers, gold trim makes sense. Even a gold badge on a special edition jersey, not on the primary, a special edition jersey, a gold badge may make sense. But no, we're on the heels of the greatest collapse in the history of Portuguese football. We blew a seven-point lead to lose by five, and we only lost by five and not eight because Porto did not even try in the final match. And then we, we come to this minute 38, and we are up a man. 11 versus 10, we've got almost an hour to go. Eight minutes short of an hour to go. If you include stoppage time, we have over an hour with a man advantage. And that is the effort that this group of babies, this group of overpaid, spoiled babies puts on the pitch. A disgrace to our emblem, a disgrace to our jersey, and a disgrace to the millions of fans all around the world that take their free time up. We could have all been at the beach today, wherever you are. We could have all been doing something else. And we were, we were sat in front of a television watching you guys play like a bunch of Sally's. I could use worse language, but I try to keep this as a clean podcast. But if he could do absolutely nothing with the man advantage. And moments later, Sergio Conceição gets his second yellow for complaining. On a clear foul again, Marega takes down Gabriel, if I'm not mistaken. And Sergio Conceição loses it, forgets that there's no crowd, apparently. I guess the 20, 30,000 empty chairs around you, not enough to remind you that there's nobody there. Referee heard him. See you later. Um, but you know what? It didn't even affect. Now, that's a team. Porto can't play football worth worth, you know. They can't play football worth the boots they're wearing, okay? But they come out they're united as a team. They believe in themselves. Of course, everyone lately believes in themselves when they play against Benfica except maybe Sporting. They're the only ones that seem to get nervous to play Benfica. Everybody else thinks it's their day when they play Benfica because that's what we've done. That's what we've told everybody. Anybody can beat Benfica unless you're Spartan, that's about it. Um, They lose their manager and it has zero effect. Why? Because he's prepared his team for this match. He always prepares his team to play Benfica. All three matches this year, three. Outclassed, outworked, outplayed, outfought, outthought, outcoached. You want me to keep going? There's no category we beat them in at all this year absolutely nothing. And you know what? I heard their fans outside the stadium. I didn't hear any of ours. Maybe I have to give them that credit too. Yeah. It's an ugly thing how much they hate us and how they're motivated by hate. And it's ugly what those fans do and what they stand for. But where were we? Why is our team so soft? What... Why are they taking the field, taking advantage of the fact they're in a cup final? I don't care if it's an empty stadium. I don't care if you're in Coimbra and not in the in the Jamur. I got plenty of uh, of criticism for that as well. That's for another day. And I do have another episode coming up in about a week where I will – I uh, trust me, I'll get to that. But for the men on the field, the men on the pitch, wearing that jersey – once you take that pitch, it's a pitch like any other. I don't care where you are. You are a professional footballer. You are to put in a professional performance, professional effort. You are a, when you play for Fica, you enter every pitch to win the match. No, we enter the pitch to get this thing over with and get to our vacation. That's exactly, if I'm wrong, well, that's exactly what it looked like. I don't want to hear these players complaining later when they return to the stadium and there's fans there to criticize them and there's signs there to criticize them. I don't condone violence, but you are really playing with people right now. Everybody in that, in that structure, players, coaches, management, board, president, for sure. You're all playing with people's emotions. Do we take this sport too seriously? Maybe, but you already know that. You have a job to do, and you failed to do it. There are repercussions. Now, I don't condone violence or throwing stones at buses or things like that, but I guarantee you that there'll be extra security and that they're going to divert the team a different way to try to avoid any interaction with fans. Why? Because they know. And fans have every right to voice their displeasure. And like I said on Twitter, if you like this performance today, And if you like this season, the way it went, and if you like how it was two seasons ago, because I have one thing to say to people out there who say that we're trying to bring back a volley because of one bad season. This isn't one bad season. This is two and a half bad seasons out of three. You let the six months from January of 2019 to the end of 2019, to the end of the 2019 season, I mean, to June of 2019, Dilute your thoughts into thinking that this was just one bad season. No, the season prior, 2017 and 18, was a disaster, an embarrassing disaster, which we handed away a title at the end. The first half of 18-19, we were a disaster. Seven points behind on the final day of the first half of the season. We recovered two points that day, but that's because you made the coaching change in time. This year, you did not do that. We go on to have the best six-month run in the history of the club. Otherwise, we, otherwise, we're looking at a Porto that just won their third in a row and to top it off with the double. Don't tell me this is because of one bad year. This president needs to go. If you like the way it's been, then go vote for Vieira. If you don't like how it's been, then it's time to put pressure on all the opposition candidates to get together on one ticket. Neroña, Gomes de Silva. Karsta Kervai. whoever else is is running, should all be together. Not four different people splitting up the opposition vote. This isn't the place to talk about this. And I'm going to leave it there. Because there's plenty to criticize on the pitch, and I'm going to try to stay on the pitch. And Befica will go into the, into the halftime. Jardel will pick up a yellow card just in case. You know, just in case the referee may want to even out the sides, both of our center backs picked up yellow cards so that, you know, the next time they have to make a foul, we'll be playing 10v10. It didn't happen, but it could have very easily happened. After three minutes of stoppage time, uh, Artur Suarez blows for halftime, takes it to halftime, and we will take a short break. We'll be right back here on Mr. Benfica. You can follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Benfica, and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. Don't forget to check out com. You can check out old episodes there. I've got, I've got at least 10, 15 episodes worth listed there. And, um, you can always update and there will be more written content coming in this upcoming off season. All right. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. We're going to be doing a lot more on YouTube going forward, starting next season. All right. Um, so do that. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll be right back. If you're watching on, excuse me, if you're listening on the podcast, here's a short break and then I'll catch you on the other side. Welcome back to Mr. Benfica. We are now going through the second half at the Stadio City. Oh, I should say the Stadio Cidad, de Coimbra The city of Coimbra Stadium. We have a substitution right at the, the half before we get started. And we have Rafa coming on for Franco Cherfi. Why Rafa did not start this match is beyond me. I don't know what he has done to be dropped when other players <laughs> are not dropped. How... Any manager has left Seferovic in the side and dropped Rafa. He must have done something really bad. It makes absolutely no sense. But we got Rafa in for Cherdy. I don't agree with this, this switch. Okay. Rafa should have come in for Chiquinho and played behind the striker, not next to him. Should have tried to get in between the lines. Porto are dropping. You have to get in between their lines. It's not just a like-for-like like change, okay? I don't want that like-for-like like change drives me nuts. Except it's not a like-for-like like because Rafa does not have defensive capabilities of Chervi, nor should he. He is a left forward, essentially. He's a left forward. Chervi is a left midfielder. There is a difference. Now, in a 4-4-2, there's no place for Rafa. Why have we have been playing 4-4-2 all season when things aren't working well? Last year was different. Okay, last year we were a dominating team and we could afford to have attack-minded outside midfielders. This year we were not able to do that and we never adjusted. In fact, we sold Jerome Felix and never adjusted. An entire season playing a system that revolved around a player we sold. We had nobody, nobody to replace him, nobody to fill that void. Yeah, what do we do? We continue to play the same system. One minute into the half, and Weigel picks up a sub, excuse me, picks up a a foul against Danilo Pereira. And Weigel is in the referee's book. And that goes to a free kick now on our left side. Their right. No, excuse me. Other way around on our right side, their left. It is Alex Telge putting it at the far post. Yes of Vlacodimos comes out incorrectly, okay? I understand, and he makes a mistake, but you know what? He has held us together all season. The team should have picked themselves right up after this and gotten one for their keeper. He makes a mistake, and then Mavemba heads it up and over. All right, those of you on the podcast, have a listen. Those of you on YouTube. Can't do that on YouTube, so just uh, hold tight for about 30 seconds.
3: Muito bem, aqui o cartão amarelo para Jürgen Weigel. Depois ali também um cumprimento ali entre Danilo e Alex Tells. Vamos então para o livre. Alex Tells é ele que vai lançar a bola para a área do Benfica. E Odisseias, e a bola vai entrar e entra! com a Bemba, jogadores do Benfica a fazer com o moral lá para dentro. É exatamente os suplentes que está com origem num lance de bola parada, Alex Telles e Bemba com uma saída destemporada de Odiseus Flaco Dimos. Não foi propriamente uma odisseia nos passos e Bemba a desviar para redes Porto na frente do marcador.
0: So it is Bemba scoring for Porto off and Alex tells free kick three benfica defenders in the area jardel ruben dieish and i want to say andre almeida now no it was Seferovic who the third was the third one in there okay andre almeida was not in there i can't blame him for this one i'd love to but i can't um it was Seferovic, another one of my favorites and the ball goes over everybody, and Mavimba's at the back post. He flips it up and loops it over and into the goal. And suddenly, with ten men, Porto score. And what do we always do with Porto when they're down? Can you guys on YouTube see it? I'm extending my hand. Pick them right up. Give them that air. Give them that bubble of oxygen. Boire l'oxygène, you. Like we always do. Like we've done all season. We help them up. We give them belief okay we give them spirit they didn't need our help in that department they already have a speak there those players play for their jersey they play for their supporters heck they even play for their crooked ass president they even play for him they certainly play for their manager their manager sent off and they they play for him did you see the tears in Sergio Conceição's eyes at the end of the match those players feel their club. That manager feels this club. Our club can't even put a guy in charge that can do the same. I hope we got the guy now. He starts on Monday. I hope we got the guy now. And I hope a lot of what I'm complaining about today goes away. But you know what? George Jesus can be the best manager in the world, even if he is or he isn't. He's not doing nothing with this squad. Edison Cavani coming into this team is still not enough. Because we got nobody to give him the ball. Well, you think Tarap's gonna give him the ball every time? One goal, one assist. Some of that is because of the forwards. Some of that is because we're horrible at finishing. Sure, he should have had about five goals, five assists. Is that enough? And this isn't a knock on Taropt. We're asking we're we're expecting him to do more than he's capable of, I think. Or a lot of fans are because they hold him very they hold him up here. Okay? And while I don't think he's down here by any means, I think we have overshot expectations of a Delta Rap because the rest of the team is such rubbish right now. We're down a goal to 10 men Porto. No worries, right? 40 minutes to go. I didn't like it. I actually missed this goal because I was still having my bika. My father made a bika, <laughs> made a couple of bikas, and I was still having my bika in the other room. Came in and found us down a goal. I saw it after, but if you can start to play a little bit, okay. Obviously, they got a man up. Porto's going to sit back naturally with the lead, and they're going to allow. They're going to invite Benfica on. Bad cross after bad cross after bad cross. Why do we keep whipping in crosses from everywhere? Does anybody have a good reason? Seferovic isn't an aerial threat. Not to mention, that's the strength of, uh, of Porto's back four is winning balls in the air. They're tall. You ever notice every single cross we put went right directly to one of their heads? They know where to be. They Now, there's a team that studied their opponent because they know exactly where all our crosses drop. All of our corner kicks went exactly where they dropped a week ago against Sporting, except we're not playing Sporting. All they had to do was watch film and put a guy in that area, and that's what they did today. Ruben Diaz tried twice to head it back across goal like he did last week against Sporting, where he found Severovic. Porto were ready for that. What were we ready for? I'm not buying the the argument that uh, they actually were better because of of going down 10 men. No, they're just smarter footballers that can adjust. We cannot adjust. We keep doing the same thing over over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Why is Rubendiz crossing 40-yard balls diagonal every single time to the far post where, whether it's Pep or it's Mbemba, they're waiting there for it. Whether it's Seferovic or it's Vinicius, that's not their game. Backing up, even if they get their head to it, all they do is flick it on to the goalkeeper. Or it goes more likely goes out for a goal kick. That's what we did every time we sent those long crosses. It was either cleared or it was headed out for a goal kick. We missed completely. Everybody's beating up on Nuno Tavares, okay? Yeah, he makes plenty of mistakes. He's a kid. Why is he in there? Why does the? Why is this team built so poorly that we don't have any options at at left and right back when our when our starters go down other than kids. We're not playing Moreres. We're not playing Portimonense, even though we had a hard enough time with them. We're not playing Sportivo de Aves. that's for sure. That's the one team we don't have any trouble with in the second half of the season is Sportivo de Aves, because we played their U23s. We didn't even play the last place team. We played their U23s. You think we could have used that match to try something? I don't know. Care to get left back? Maybe try it? It was an opportunity. Maybe it would work. I'm not saying it was going to work, but you never even tried it. You never thought outside the box to change anything about the way you played. Nelson Verissimo really, really had nothing to lose, yet he stuck to everything. that. Listen, what sense does it make? Okay? your Your manager is sacked. Sacked step down whatever happened okay your manager has moved on due to bad results you are the assistant manager a role i loved being the assistant manager the first team coach that was my role if my head man is off now i never never served under a manager that was sacked and stayed behind manager sacked i go with i went along okay i went to another place but Had I stayed behind, I was not going to put the same exact team that got my manager sacked and make no changes. He made one change. He started playing... He started playing Shikinu all the time. That's what he did. He started playing Shikinu all the time. And he dropped Rafa to the bench, you know, indefinitely. So... If you could doing the same thing over and over and over again and there's no there's just no fighting spirit they're just they're afraid to go into challenges there's so many times the ball is in the air basically players go with their leg half half heartedly while the Portugal player runs right through them to win the ball that team was ready to eat dirt to win today our team couldn't be bothered to give an effort sounds like a broken record I know I know well. Another foul comes up in the 58th minute. This time it's Jardel and Nelson Verissimo goes to the bench as Vinicius and come on for Weigel and Seferovic. No, excuse me. Weigel and who came on? Hold on. It says here that it says oh Vowentrad Vinicius Interrupt." Okay. So they have not entered the match yet. We get a foul on Jardel. Free kick this time from the other side. This time it's Otavio. You know how I feel about that guy. But you know what? I would have taken him on my team today. That's a guy that bleeds for his club. Otavio serves the ball in. And there's Mbemba again in the middle of... All of Benfica's defenders all asleep, and Mabimba beats Vlacudimos with the header, and there was no trouble to it for him either. And it is two 2-0 to Porto. And sure, why not have a listen on the podcast? Sit tight on YouTube.
3: Vinícius e também Tarab. Portanto, Seferovic deve sair, talvez Chiquinho também. Atenção, a este livro pode ser o Golie! Marca o Porto, marca a Incrível! O Congolês pisa nesta final da Taça de Portugal. Benfica 0-1, Mbemba 2! E o Central que vai fazer a diferença neste jogo da Taça de Portugal. Atentíssimo Bemba lá estava outra vez para tocar para o fundo da rede e para selar o segundo do futebol do Porto, A equipa do Benfica, de cabeça completamente perdida e desatenta. E aqui está, por exemplo, Ruben Dias a dar uma gigante reprimenda a toda a gente de braços abertos, como que a tentar despertar uma equipa que não veio para a segunda parte.
0: Bimbo, once again. Puts the ball in, and Porto take the lead, and Benfica start looking at each other, opening their arms at each other. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how what they prepared. I don't know what their plan was for this match because they didn't execute anything. I don't think the manager got the 11 right. I don't think he got the substitutes right. 61st minute after that goal, we're gonna bring on Carlos Vinicius, the Boland Prata winner, the golden boot winner. So some say this is according. I was listening after the match to Befic Independent to Bancada Independent, excuse me, and Yoko uh, you know uh Gracia said that he's heard that Vinicius is not fit to play 90 minutes. Ah, that baffles me. That how How is a full-time professional fit to play 30 minutes but not 90 week after week after week? Shouldn't that fitness level have improved by now? Is he carrying an injury? I think that's an excuse to play Seferovic for whatever reason that that guy plays all the time. Anyway, Here is the traditional, every match at the 60-minute mark, the switch. Whether it's Vinicius that starts and Sef comes in or vice versa. Today, it's vice versa. Seferovic off, Vinicius on. Also, Tarapt comes on, Shikinu off. Now, I have no problem with Tarapt coming in here. Again, not... They bring him in as the second forward, yet he spends most of his time on the pitch behind Gabriel. My problem with Terapt isn't even his stat line, okay? I think he's a phenomenally talented player. I think surrounded by better players, you'd see an even better version of him. However, he's not a forward and he's not a midfielder. What is he? Okay, yeah, he's covering a lot of space, but he's out of position all the time. I know that's not really important right now because we're down two goals. So that becomes less important. But, again, my least favorite, my most despised midfield tandem, and that's where this coach goes, Gabriel Antarapt, because it worked for three games against bottom-dweller teams. And even the announcer in RTP said that this is the best, you know, that their best moment of the season was with these two in, in midfield. Oh, yeah. He alludes to the match with with Red Bull Leipzig, with RB Leipzig. Oh, I remember that match. That was great, wasn't it, because of these two? Yeah. Why did we not win that match? Because these two can't defend. We were up two goals to nil. That's irrelevant today. But honestly, this idea that this is the midfield pairing. While was on the bench, I know you're not going to bring in a holding mid at this time. But I know Weigel was on a yellow. But you can't... That's not the sub to make before. Gabriel should have come off earlier. Not not Weigel. It should have been Gabriel. Gabriel was absolute garbage. He was absolute rubbish today, once again. As he has been for the most part of this restart. And he doesn't really combine well with any of his midfield partners. His best play was last year when he teamed with Samadish, who... It's up in the top row again. God forbid, you know, you, you, God forbid a guy that wants it gets on the pitch. So, Verissimo makes two substitutes. And in the 63rd minute, we get the first shot on goal of the match for Benfica. Another hopeless cross to a backpedaling uh, Carlos Vinicius, who manages to flick it on goal. It's not really a shot. He flicks it on goal with his head. And Diogo Costa has no trouble picking it up. 64th minute, and, and Andrel made a fouls pep down near. This pissed me off, too. Of all the people and of all the teams, this reminded me of back in the first round, back in round three, excuse me, in the first part of the season, when this team was put together, I forget how many passes. And the Olays coming from the top north where the super they're going to were sitting. Pep makes a run all the way up the pitch. The center back. With 30 minutes to go, he dribbles to the corner and starts holding up the ball like he's wasting the clock. Under Almeida gives him a little love tap and he goes down. Have you no pride at all for the club that you play for? The club you've been at for a decade. Pep should have had his leg kicked in half for that. I know we can't afford to go down a man, but we wouldn't have been down a man. Maybe 10-on-10 10 10 would have even opened them up. Who knows? You had a free shot. Show a little respect for your own club, for yourself, if not for your club, for yourself. No, none of that. None of that. We let them toy with us, and they even win a free kick. That's that's pretty dangerous. But we deal with it this time and head it clear. We move into the 70th minute and Porto go to the bench, 72 minute. Diogo late comes on for Otavio, and I said, Well, Sergio's given us a second life because the last thing Porto needed right here, in my opinion, I said this to my father too, and by the way, my father and I got to an argument at the beginning of this match over Weigel. Okay. My father despises Julian Weigel. Okay. He thinks that that ruined Benfica's season and he thinks he should be, he should never, he's not. Hundred percent wrong. There were things that happened. I hold no blame towards Julian Weigel, okay? Julian Weigel's done nothing but be an upstanding professional in this club. He plays his game, okay? You may not like his style. It looks like he's he's being held back by a system. But anyway, my father does not like Julian Weigel, okay? He thinks he's horrible and he thinks he's the worst player on Befica. I'm not making this up, okay? And my father's Portuguese and when you have players that don't get dirty and don't sweat. Portuguese people notice that. They notice those things, okay? I was joking with my wife once because she says, you Portuguese people just love to work. And I was talking about football. And I said, you know who my avo, my grandfather, the first Benfica in my family, you know who his favorite players were? And she goes, no. And I said, the ones that got the sweatiest and the, the dirtiest, the ones that worked. It's just in our blood, okay? Weigl's German. He works smart, not hard. Okay, I think Weigel's a phenomenal talent. So we get into this argument. My mother kicks both of us out of the kitchen. We had to go watch in another room, which was fine. But anyway, by this point, we're talking. Uh, we're not arguing anymore. And I said to him, "I said, says you given us a second life. The last thing Port needed here was another defender. This was." And my dad says, "This is how, this is how simplistic Portuguese managers are." My dad's very, very critical of Portuguese managers when everybody else is praising them. He notices things. And he says that they're not winners. Okay. My father says Portuguese managers at most of them are not winners. He doesn't include JJ in this argument. He thinks JJ is a winner. He's different, but he says, Sergio, he says, uh, Nun with, with, with Wolverhampton. He says, these guys are scared. They don't know how to manage any other way than to play, not to lose. And Sergio here, who is a manager, as you know, I, 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 Think highly of his, his ability to manage. I love the way he prepares a team to play a big match versus the way our managers do. But he makes a mistake, and, and I know Seju is in the tribuna. He's not even managing anymore, but you know that there's communication. He's talking to his assistant, okay, whether it's on a cell phone or through a messenger or some text message. Who knows? This I, I'm pretty sure this was called by him. But Dioglate, a fifth defender, Porto were dealing with every single – ball that we were whipping into their box. The last thing they needed was to put another guy in there and give us more room in midfield. That's exactly what they did. And to me, this is a poor substitution. And we didn't make them pay for it because we should have. As bad as we played, as, as poor as we were, we nearly nearly drew level and nearly created one hell of a problem for them in extra time. Joglet comes on. And we see Vinicius get a yellow card in the 75th minute. And they think they're trying to go in. Verissimo gets a little bit of uh, a little bit brave here. And after watching the match, this might have been his best substitution. Jota's on. PZ's off. Okay? Jota's on. PZ's off. Diego Souza on. Seferovic off. I don't have the same problem everybody else has with Diego Souza. He's not great. But he at least holds on to the ball and can find a teammate. He doesn't just flick it to the goalkeeper. He does that too sometimes. But he can do a little bit more. And it's not like we have anybody else on the bench that can attack because Gonzalo Ramoš isn't there. So why? I think I agree with um, with João Gonçalves um, after after Gonzalo Ramoš scored those two goals that The brakes needed to be pumped on him so that the expectations didn't get out of control. I I agree with that. But the options were very limited on this bench because this team is very, very short. There's very few options on this team. But he brings in Diego Souza for Seferovic. And I think that's just making a substitution for the sake of making it because it's a like-for-like. But anyway, uh, Porto will go to the bench a minute later. And... And actually, it says here, oh, we see the we see the scene. We see it in the top the top row, okay, where Portus uh, players that that didn't dress, along with some of their technical staff, become the fans. And I have something to say about this. Where the hell have our staff undressed? You know, not dressed players, our our scratches. Been all season. This is something that could have been done since the beginning. They're basically fans, they're not in the on-the-bench area. And they start cheering on their team. Why is Porto always thinking outside the box? And why are we always sticking to the same unsuccessful plan? In comes Sergio Oliveira in the 79th, in place of Tecatito Corona, n- another good match for the Mexican International who it sounds like is going to be headed to sevilla next season and there's more singing for porto in the 80th um we'll move ahead here we get to the 83rd minute rafa okay my 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 theories and my theories get proved true a lot of times about rafa whatever you think of him as a player whatever he fails to do whatever he whatever mistakes he makes okay Things happen for Benfica when he's on the pitch and going forward. Rafa gets into the box, okay? Rafa, in every match, something happens. He draws a foul that can be dangerous. He scores. He assists. In this one, he draws a penalty kick, okay? And you can have your pick. You can call a handball for the late, or You can call the foul when he cleaned him out after the handball, okay? Either way, suarez Dias points to the spot. He has no doubt. Neither does anybody else. And wouldn't you know, PZ's been subbed off. And maybe this was the coaching move of the the match for Nelson Vinicius, given how many penalty kicks PZ missed. Uh, Carlos Vinicius picks up the ball, decides he's going to take it. I'd never seen him take a penalty kick before, but he looked confident. He has an approach. He didn't just go up there. He actually had an approach that he likes to use. And he sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. Let's have a listen on the podcast. Sit still for a moment on YouTube.
3: Levar as mãos à cabeça e é Vinícius, Pizia, quem costuma marcar as grandes penalidades, está fora. Vinícius, o melhor marcador do campeonato, parte para a bola, atira e golo. Reduz o Benfica para 2-1. E este estamos com 84 minutos, com o proverbial bola para um lado, guarda-redes para o outro. E é o próprio Vinícius quem sprinta para colocar ali a bola no ponto central do gol Vemos a difícil próprio incentivar os restantes colegas. Vinícius a bater de pé esquerdo, bola para um lado, guarda-redes para o outro. E Bruno, achas que o Benfica vai aqui a um mais estímulo? Terceiro gol de bola parada no jogo, deixem primeiro registrar isso. E certamente que que, que reduzir a diferença constitui uma
2: vitima enorme para o Benfica nestes minutos finais.
0: So, Carlos Vinicius, the goal-scoring champion, steps up brilliantly. It wasn't the best penalty kick, but the confidence was there, and he sent the goalkeeper the wrong way. Had the goalkeeper guessed the right way, he would have saved it easily, but he did enough to send the goalkeeper the wrong way. Gives us a little bit of life with five minutes to play. It's 2-1, to and we get another chance in the 86. Movember gives up a corner, but... We are atrocious on set pieces, aside from against Sporting, If you remove the matches with Sporting, there's very little success to talk about with this club in the second half of the season. And when we don't get on the end of a header and head it way over the goal or miss it altogether or drive our corner right at Pep's head, well, we foul them. Jardel called for a foul on Pep. Um Portugal to the bench again. Mateus Uribe comes off. Loom goes in. 90th minute, and Jota with the cross, and it's Diego Souza heading it, but wide. Referee Fourth official signals for five minutes of extra time. And in the 90th plus one, our best chance of the match, okay, from open play. And perhaps the, the play that might have made Nelson Verissimo's career. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But definitely would have been a great springboard for this kid who deserves one. Okay, I'm talking about the 30 appearance, 30 minutes of playing time in total before this match. Maybe not literally, but figuratively speaking. given a whole 13 tonight, Jota. The kid gets 13. And you know what? He has a fantastic dribble, beats a couple of players, finds Diego Souza. Diego Souza does well enough to beat a guy and to play the ball wide to Nuntavarj. Nuntavars cross comes I don't know what happened there but it flips up into the air out to the top of the area and the kid Jota who plays a minute to three minutes a match steps up with the confidence on his weaker foot on his left foot volleys it out of the air and man that thing missed by inches it found its way through the defenders along the ground it was spinning and it just went off the post and bounced out instead of in a couple inches to the inside, to the right. If that ball spun just a little differently, Diogo was beat. Diogo Costa was beat. And it would have been 2-2, and Porto would have been in big trouble because of the poor substitutions they made. They would have had to play 30 more minutes with this, with this makeshift bad formation, overly defensive formation. It would have been beautiful. But you know what? We don't deserve it anyway. And fireworks are going off over my head um, outside. It must be Port fans. I don't know. Maybe they're Arsenal fans. I have no idea what people are celebrating tonight. But uh, distracted me just a bit. But that was the last chance of the game, guys. And a 90 plus six. Artur Suaz blows his whistle, but not before he sends Tiago Pinto to the dressing room with the red card. What is Tiago Pinto doing on the bench? Anyways. He's not a a coach. He's not part of the technical staff. He should just shut his mouth and sit upstairs if he can't keep his mouth shut. That's my opinion. I don't like when dirigents or or uh directors, you know, directors, um, man uh, not managers, but board members sit on the bench. They have no place there. I don't care who they think they are, even Rui Costa should not be down there. I don't care who he thinks he is. Okay, he may be useful in the tunnel to give some pointers, but Huiqasha at least doesn't get himself thrown out. Tiago Pinto can't can't help himself. Maybe he's embarrassed because he should be, because he helped build this team. This he helped build this you know dysfunctional group that we have. And the referee blows his whistle, and Porto win the double. Guys, this one hurts. This is worse than losing the league to me. Why? Because I expected us to play with pride and to defend our honor today. I expected our club to take the pitch and to fight finally face-to-face with the bully. They didn't even have to be a bully today. They weren't even that aggressive. We just cowered to them. Ten men. When I thought Porto could (laughs) could not hurt me anymore. When I thought I there was nothing that could happen anymore in this rivalry after Kelvin's 92-minute goal, I thought there was nothing else that could feel lower than that. We lose the cup to a 10-man Porto team with a quarter of the quality of that team Kelvin was on. Let's go to the goal point. All right, we'll make it quickly, and then I'll, we'll be out of here for this week. But let's go to the goal point. We'll start with the cup winners. Diogo cost a 5.2. Manafa, 4.8. Mbimba, man of the match, with two goals and an 8.3. Pep with a very solid 6.9. Like I said, when he's not under pressure, Pep is still a phenomenal defender. When you allow him to see the game in front of him and allow him to read it, he's just like Giorgio Chiellini. And if you ever have the chance to see him live, I'm telling you, what they lack physically is... It's up here. It's in the head. And it's in, the, it's in the, the mentality and in the knowledge and in the vision. They still have the years of experience they use to make up for it. And we did not put Pep under pressure today. So he didn't make any mistakes. So he puts in a 6.9. Alex Telles, 6.3. Luis Diaz was only a 3.9. He was the lowest one of the match, of course. He was sent off in the 38th minute. Uribe, 4.9. Danilo, 5.6. Otavio 6.2. Tecatito Corona, 6.3. Marega, 5.5. And from the substitutes bench, Diogo Leito with a 4.3. Sergio Oliveira and Loom don't get a rating. Benfica, Vlacos got a 4.2. Andre Almeida, 5.8. Ruben Diaz, 6.3. Jardel, 7.1. Nuntavarish, 5.5. Chervi, 5.8. Gabriel, 6.6. Somehow statistics sometimes lie. I really didn't see anything good from him other than a couple long balls, but he had one shot that was horrible. He had uh, numerous lost balls in midfield. Weigel not a good outing for him, 4.7. Of course, he was subbed off early. That's going to affect your rating. Peasy 5.4. Shkinya with a l- even lower 4.6, and Seferovic with the team low 4.5. Off the bench, every single sub fared better than those two. Rafa 4.6, Terapt 4.7, Carlos Renisius 5.4, Jota 5.8, and Diego Souza 5.0. Statistics now. Shots, Benfica 12 to Porto 6. On goal, Benfica had two. And I wonder if that includes the penalty kick because I only remember one. I don't remember Diogo uh, Costa making a save. Oh, must have been uh, Jota's uh, shot off the post must be the other one. Uh, shots from inside the area, Benfica 6, Porto 5. Pass efficiency, Benfica 82 to Porto's 67. We've got more about, about stats and possession. Uh, efficiency, Benfica in the vertical pass, 66% on the vertical pass. Porto, 46%. I'm going to skip down to possession. Benfica is 61 Porto, 39. You know it's the only stat that matters that, that I didn't read yet is the one at the top. Benfica, 1. Porto, 2. You want to know what the expected goals were? Benfica, 1.6 expected goals. to Porto, 0. 0.7. Porto shouldn't have even had a goal. At most, 1. That. Which team do you want to be tonight? Do you want to be Benfica with all the possession and the connected passes and the high pass efficiency and the, even the vertical pass efficiency? Or do you want to be Porto, the team with more goals that lifted the cup and is celebrating tonight? You tell me. I said this was going to be a fight. I said this was not a game to come in and try to play well. This was a game to find a way to win. What did we do? We did everything exactly the same way we've done it all season, especially since the break. Duels won. Porto outworked us, obviously, in that one. 61-52 to 52 in duels won. Uh, fouls committed were about even. 19 to Benfica, 18 to Porto. Corners, four for Benfica, six for Porto. Ladies and gentlemen, we are finally at the end of the 2019 2020 season. Three days shy of a year from the day we started in the Super Cup on August the 4th. It's August the 1st, and it's finally over. Finsiclu is the word they use, is the expression in Portuguese. End of a cycle, hopefully the end of the era. Hopefully everything starts over. I'm going to be quite honest with you. These players did not give a good account for themselves in these final games to say that they belong in this team. They did nothing to tell their new manager that they that he can count on them. And JJ starts on Monday, supposedly. Okay, we better start hitting the transfer market. It's been hinted that we're going to make a splash. I don't know. I think after this, Luis Slippieta is probably going to get even more desperate, and he should be. His job's on the line. In fact, he should step down. I'm going to be quite honest with you. At this point, he should step down. There's nothing more he can do. Hiring George Azouj was a clear uh, clear political move. Yes, it's going to help the team, I hope, and George Azouj is a fantastic manager, Okay. And performances like this, I don't believe, will happen under George Jesus. Yes, there'll be bad match games, and there'll be matches we lose that we shouldn't have, and there'll be times we we'll say they didn't work hard, but they will not be humiliated the way they were today, or the way that just they were in, in Madeira, the way they were in Count, the way they were in Portimao this year. The, name, the name, matches are numerous in which this club was disgraced. Here we are. All right. Twelve months in all these matches later. If you count the preseason, it's it's almost 14 months if you count the preseason. The worst part is it feels like it's all for naught. We won a super cup a year ago today. We've been trophyless ever or oh, a year ago this week. Been trophyless ever since. We watched our biggest rival. Take two trophies at our expense. The first time in history, Porto won a double against us. The first time since 1958, we lost the uh, cup final to Porto. Peter da Costa got his wish. He can die now in happy man, supposedly. This was something, you know, he got the final out of Lisbon. He got it in up north, even though Queen, but it's not really up north. It's more of a central location, but he got it out of Lisbon. He broke the citralization of Lisbon that he's so, so, you know, critical of, and he's got his cup against Befica. He's got 29 titles. they are only eight behind us. He's got 17 Portuguese cups. they are only nine behind us there. What do we? It's time to wake up. It is time for this club to wake up. And it's time to start a new cycle. So we got more programming coming up on Mister Benfica. There's no off season here on Mister Benfica, not this year, at least. Um, next week I got a real special episode coming. I don't know exactly when it's going to drop. I think I'm right now looking at the calendar. I'm expecting it to drop on Monday, August the Monday, August the 10th. I guess will probably be the next time you hear from me. Although I, there'll be some bonus coverage throughout the week of you know, parking the bus um i've got to do a jota jota final jota jota episode and close that series um because he's long gone from rio now um if if football is back up i got to mr portugal that may drop between now and then i don't know we're still waiting on that site to come back um but at the very latest you'll hear from me again on monday august the 10th and i got a special guest that day all right um don't miss it. It's going to be an off-season special. We're going to talk about off the pitch things. Talk about. I'm going to talk with someone who's really knowledgeable on the numbers side of the game, who's really knowledgeable on the financial side, and you all know him. Okay, you'll be excited to to hear us chat. I think we've been talking through Twitter all week, and um, I think you're going to see some more collaboration in the future between all the different BayFika projects. That's what this guy's planning to do. Um, I'll give him a chance to talk about what he's doing. Um, so stay tight, all right. <laughs> Look for it no later than August the tenth, Monday, August the tenth. Maybe before then, we'll see. Planning to to talk to him next week, record it, and put it out. All right. Um, until then, I'm also going to be on DGENS United this coming Friday. All right. So on Friday, uh, August the seventh, you can you can catch the DGENS United. Uh, podcast okay with my friend Leo who who um who does a segment with me every week on parking the bus and um, I'm going to be going on his show either Friday or Saturday to talk UFC that's right we're going to talk UFC um got a big pay-per-view coming up later and actually I'm sorry that pay-per-view is the 15th so you mean so I'll be on the show that week not this coming week but anyway thank you for joining us and I'm sorry Leo at Gens United he had told all his listeners you couldn't go wrong with Befica today. I told him how we'd win and I told him how we'd lose. Unfortunately, we didn't do what I said. <laughs> Listen to his episode to see what I said. Um, you won't know that it was from me, but we, we we worked together on it. I gave him some some tips on this one. But I was a little uneasy with him recommending to his listeners to put money on Benfica on this one. Yes, uh the money line was good. It was uh it was it was paying well if Benfica had won the cup, and it should have happened. Everything happened for us to win the cup today, but it wasn't meant to be. Uh, this team just doesn't have doesn't have the character, doesn't have the fortitude to win a tough match. And quite honestly, I hope most of this team moves on in this offseason. I'm done with a lot of them. All right. I'm not going to mention names. I've done it all season. Okay. You know who I like and who I don't like in this squad, but I'm ready to see many of them go. And I'm ready for new players to come in with the new manager, build a new team, build a new core. Rebuild the culture in this club to be a winner again, because right now we are a pathetic, pathetic loser. And I never want to say that about my Benfica, but we are still the best fans in the world. You are the best listeners in the world. All right. Wherever you're listening from shout out to all of you around the world. Okay. From Australia to Alaska, from Portugal, to my first listen in Bulgaria this week, plus to the tip of Argentina and Chile. Benfiquistas are everywhere. So salute to everybody. I'll be back in some time and I'm getting ready for season three. Okay. Season three will kick off sometime either at the end of this month or at the beginning of September. Right now, the league starts up. I believe it's, it's uh, scheduled for September, the weekend of September the 12th, I want to say, but there'll definitely be some preseason matches. Plus, we've got Champions League qualifiers, a one, two one game rounds, that we, two one off playoffs we got to win to get into the Champions League. Never has it been this hard. Stay tuned to the Park in the Bus podcast. Okay, I'm going to be covering a lot on the Champions League and the Europa League in the next couple of weeks. As you know, we're hosting the Champions League, and I will be talking about that. And don't forget, Sunday nights, 8 p.m., the Park in the Bus podcast, brand new episodes every week. All right, thank you, everybody. It's it. I can't say it's been a great season, but as far as the podcast is concerned, it's been a great season. Okay, even if on the pitch we were not great this season, but there's more to come, and we also got the Euro, the UEFA Youth League coming up. Okay, um, thank you, and we'll see. We'll see you in about a week. All right, we'll see you next time here on Mr. Benfica. If you're listening to the bonus content, you'll hear from me before that. Carrega Benfica, Forza Benfica, pelo Benfica. Hashtag, we are Benfica, Damo 38.